Hello, and welcome to this Bridges podcast. My name is Carl Christian Alberstein, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by two very esteemed researchers who will be drawing on their experience and their research to tell us a little bit more about things that are relevant for our podcast. With me today, I have... Heidi Biset. I am a professor at the University of Southeastern Norway. I am uh, the principal investigator in the Bridges uh, project, uh, which is uh, run from uh, this university. Uh, With us in this project, we have uh, Inland Norway University of Applied Sciences and the University of uh, Tromsø. The main uh, area of uh, the Bridges project is uh, three interdisciplinary themes in the new Norwegian curriculum, which is public health and life skills, democracy and citizenship and sustainable development, uh, where we are looking at how can we collaborate across themes and subjects in teacher education uh, and across teacher education and the boundaries or bridges uh, with the uh, schools. Um, And for several years, I have been also collaborating on democracy and citizenship with a colleague of mine at another uh, institution at Oslo Metropolitan University. She's also with us in the studio today, and that is Lihong Huang. Please, Lihong. Hello, uh, uh, I'm uh, Lihong Huang, a research professor uh, on youth research at uh, the Um, Oslo Metropolitan University uh, in Norway. I lead uh, this uh, uh, project uh, called the Demosit uh, project, which is uh, funded by the Research Council uh, of Norway. And this is a a project focused on uh, democratic citizenship education uh, in Norway. And uh, uh, we collaborate with with, uh, Save the Children Norway and uh, the Vegland, uh, the European Vegland Center for the work uh, focus mostly on the democratic citizenship among youth and uh, the implications of, of school education. Uh, on this. I'm glad to have you both with us today. And you have both previously worked on this international survey of democracy competencies. I'm not quite sure what it is. Can you first start by enlightening novices like me about this survey before we start unpicking a little bit about your findings and stuff? Yes, we work with uh, uh, we work together on this international civic and citizenship education study, uh, which is uh, uh, in Norway. Uh, we we are uh, coordinating the the study in Norway, and to, uh, this study have been kind of in uh, uh, in the international many countries, uh, including many European countries. And uh, this study have been uh, carried out previously in 2009 uh, um, study. And then uh, we uh, worked on the 2016 study. And uh, this we're going to continue uh, in uh, 2022, next round. But our work uh, is uh, um, Heidi and me, we worked on this ICCS, uh, this they call it ICCS study, and to uh, 2016. 
we did analysis and we yeah um, we published a range of publications on this uh, Norwegian results and also the Nordic results. So, so what kind of findings did you find in these results? Because that's kind of interesting. It's very interesting, actually. Hmm. Uh, very short uh, term, uh, uh, short saying it is uh, is uh, we kind of find out this um, the the knowledge achievement uh, of the Nordic students are very high. Uh, I think they are the top uh, top five positions in this international comparison, and also they uh, but they are kind of. Uh, Actions uh, participation and this is uh, is uh, comparatively lower than the, than their European or international peers. So this is the one of the first. Also, this corresponding to to this this uh, current you were saying the past decades. Uh, they uh, only not only at uh, the national level and the European level, international. Scholarship on the on the youth uh, democratic citizenship. The kind of a worry is like the young people are not so active, uh, uh, not participate uh, enough in the in the, in fact is political participation of the young people is low. But in the, at the same at the same uh, time, also we find out young people who participate, they do participate, but they do participate in in a kind of non-conventional arenas. They are more interested in in uh, action on the specific issues and the theme which of their interest. For example, this environmental uh, movement. Uh, Currently, is the, the youth-initiated uh, actions. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a very interesting finding. What about your thoughts, Heidi? No, but uh, I find it uh, quite interesting, especially when we've been looking into, um, or when some of our colleagues in Denmark have uh, analyzed uh, the data material. Uh, they have a chapter called the reserved young citizens of the nordic countries and they are presenting an argument in, in which they are of course confirming high knowledge uh, high skills uh, and they're building the argument that the young citizens are actually making an informed choice of not participating and that is a democratic choice that they have not participating in the conventional uh, ways of measuring democratic participant participation and i think that also signals uh, some uh, some things about these uh, surveys uh, that uh, we need to rethink how we consider uh, political participation what that consists of uh, and whether we want to also measure or investigate other ways of engaging in our uh, political engagement, uh, societal engagement, uh, beyond what we traditionally have measured. I think that's important. Yes. Uh, and also, of course, taking into account uh, all the digital um, 
uh, issues that we, uh, not issues, but digital participation that we see that we have a lower threshold for particip participation in a public sphere that we didn't have some uh, 10, 15 years back. Uh, and especially in the Nordic countries in which uh, now during the Corona uh, pandemic, we have seen it quite clear that uh, we have a full coverage of uh, uh, access to internet for all the youth, uh, access to uh, computers. So when the situation or the pandemic hit, we could, for example, do schooling uh, digitally. Uh, in the Nordic countries much more easily than uh, uh, in other countries uh, in Europe as well. Uh, so this access to um, digital devices and the internet makes also a possibility and a potential for Nordic citizens to take part uh, in a political and societal engagement in a different way than uh, my generation uh, had the uh, possibility previously, how do we as teacher educators make use of this uh, when uh, we develop our teacher education is something that I am preoccupied with. And, and you're, you're bringing up kind of a lot of, both of you are bringing up kind of a lot of exciting and interesting themes here, but I want to take us along that route of the teacher education. And especially as we're now existing in this tension between young people uh, informally choosing not to participate in politics and in traditional versions of political engagement, as well as this digital world, which we are to great extent existing in. So I don't, I'm then wondering, what does the kind of parameter, not parameter, the education we provide as teacher educators in democracy and citizenship, how does that look? In the future? Or what do we have to think about to provide our students who are going out to teaching the new generation? What do we have to give them to be able to navigate this world? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yes, I think we inspired by all this uh, um, uh, previous research findings on the youth and uh, we find out, uh, for example, the young people's participation actually it was um, the previous uh, review uh, and the research find out their participation uh, engagement into uh, in politics or in social issues they are more influenced uh, by the uh, by their social economic background in, uh, uh, than the schooling school uh, um, practice uh, so so it's a uh, um, and then there is uh, another hand we uh, kind of uh, also is a, is a silver lining that's why we we kind of say it's also in the in the past research the political act, active citizens actually the education play a big role <laughs> this well educated uh, uh, citizens they were um, highly educated citizens they are more active in the, in the, in yeah, in politics, in the social issues. And so that's also is a education play a role that's important. So this moment, we find out the education system provide the citizens a lot of, lot of uh, knowledge. 
and uh, they have uh, uh, so they are kind for for a moment they are informed the citizens at the same time we also have uh, um, uh, other uh, things is uh, is uh, like are they how they can be how this from knowledge to engage play a role that's the most coming is like the political uh, we we focus on the one thing um, one of those factors which is kind of uh, bridging between knowledge and uh, and uh, participation is the political efficacy and then this thing is not just about uh, uh, learning about the knowledge and uh, it's practicing it so that's uh, this only can gain uh, or learn or build uh, on young people through practicing. That's why also in the education is not just learn the facts, learn the knowledge and the learning the principles, but there also is practicing it. This we're going to, and uh, the young people who is active, for example, in the school, in the discussion, school council work, and also at the outside school in local communities through their uh, years in, uh, of schooling, and then then they will be more active uh, uh, in the future. So it's uh, then this bring back to this how school or education because they all they spend a con considerably a lot of time in in the education system. So the, if there is uh, something we can bring to support to help them. And to be active uh, citizens in the future. And then the, the school have to, yeah, can, is the place and have the, and the should ha uh, have the means and the capacities to do so, to support them. So this, uh, this is our research is about, is a kind of to see how school and how teachers can do to facilitate uh, not only knowledge learning, but also their political efficacy and for active citizenship. That's, that's, that's very important. But what do you think about the, the teacher education itself? Or maybe Heidi want to jump in there and say something about yes. what role teacher education has in all this? Because we're all active in that field in many ways. I think, um... When we know uh, some of the situation, for example, based on the ICCS uh, results, uh, and uh, we know that the uh, role of the teachers uh, are uh, significant, uh, then the question is also, uh, how can we as teacher educators and teacher education um, be part of educating the teachers that we need for the future? not for the past, for the future. So we as, um, first of all, teacher educators need to be uh, role modeling what the teachers need. Uh, and what we see is uh, when we in Bridges are uh, preoccupied with the three cross-cutting or interdisciplinary themes in, um, uh, in the uh, new curriculum, uh, it signifies the role of the individual, society, and the more global uh, perspective. How are the, all these things interlinked in order to be able to address uh, societal uh, challenges that are existing? 
so uh, for example, when we're talking about a democratic school environment, we cannot only teach this to future uh, or teachers can only not only teach this to uh, their pupils. The uh, regulations in Norway now requires that pupils, they have to experience a democratic school environment in Norwegian schools. The question then to me as a teacher educator is, how do I ensure that my student teachers experience a democratic school environment in teacher education, not only in social studies, but in general in teacher education. And that goes beyond uh, them taking part in the student parliament. That goes into every, uh, every class. That's one thing. The other thing is we are very often thinking and responding to what democracy is, is critical thinking is an important part of that. But what about critical action? When sustainable development is, uh, and also um, uh, in the environmental citizen is part of uh, democracy and citizenship, we need to have actions. So what are we in teacher education doing to address critical or transforming critical thinking into critical actions in everyday life and in our communities? How do we move out of the classroom and into the local community with our future teachers? Those are some examples. And I know that you have been doing some of this yourself, Kortlistam. But um, uh, this is also part of uh, thinking in a more um, uh, international perspective with the sustainable development uh, goals as uh, uh, some aspects of what we can uh, look further into how is our education responding to the sustainable development goals that we need to address. That's a very good and then I think is just bring back the same uh, lane of thinking is just how the school and the classroom can be a democratic uh, institute or arena for the young people. And also how we view uh, these uh, young people uh, in the school pupils or students and uh, view them as the future becoming citizens or active citizens now and then, now at this moment. So it's like interact with them and uh, and then treat them as active citizens now. And so I think also is 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 part of this research project also we we look into young people just to say uh, to see what the what are the factors drive them or pull them back. So it's uh, it's a uh, Mm, it's a very interesting uh, uh, current, a little bit of finding. For example, the young people have kind of resistance uh, stand. Uh, they are in the school. He said, oh, the political uh, participation is in the future. It's not for me. And also, if, if, if it's now talking about now, as uh, some others are doing this, it's not necessary to be me. And also, is another one is like, uh, just to say, I was never taken seriously. So it's, uh, there is no meaning to participate. So many of this uh, we have to, uh, teachers or schools have to work on to kind of 
have those uh, to facilitate the drives of participants uh, to, uh, to active citizenship and try to uh, remove these barriers for, for participation. Yeah, I, I feel that this could be a whole lot of podcast episode, which I think we should consider afterwards. But I have like a follow-up question here. So you're flagging a lot of challenges and things we have to take into consideration in education. So I'm then wondering, what do you feel is the most pressing challenge in education at the moment? Uh, I would like to respond to teacher education, as I'm a teacher educator. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we have a lot of um, um, institutional uh, uh, and regulatory uh, obstacles mm-hmm. to make uh, our education uh, the way the politicians uh, want us to make it or the uh, as interdisciplinary that they want us to make it. Uh, because of uh, regulation regarding um, how many ECTS uh, in that subject and this subject, how to evaluate this subject and this subject. Um, So uh, the school system in itself is, to put it on the, to put it very bluntly, outdated. It's, uh, it lacks space for innovation it lacks space and room for us to maneuver in a way in which we can actually do something fundamentally new things needed for the future. So uh, now we need our uh, politicians and the bureaucrats to uh, reconsider what they are doing with teacher education and the limitations they put on teacher education. But uh, my my thoughts also is teacher education itself also <laughs> is hard to change arena. It's uh, especially if this uh, um, cross disciplinary kind of uh, collaboration is almost in, impossible in a way. If, for example, in the, now the democratic citizenship become a cross curricular theme, and then we. Uh, if we talk with the mathematics teachers, ask them to, uh, yeah, to for for an interview, a focus group talk, and then say, what is this for me? I don't do this in my in my teaching, and what this is in for me, for example, why why I need to take care of this democratic citizenship is other teachers who do that, and then the same in the in the in this teacher education institute it's it's the same. We have this project, and then we were thinking how how we ensure this cross disciplinary collaboration. And then they will just say, though I have other colleagues that I mean, the biology is not interesting for me. So it's, uh, so it's become really, I think it's a really uh, challenge. The challenge is uh, this, of course, and also system, system level also, is the politicians, today's politicians, the look at the, the young people, the pupils in schools as uh, the future. Yes, they look at them as the future, not now. In a way, so they they also is uh, is uh, and also the, then when you look at the young people, why they a lot of uh, young people ask if 
uh, uh, we ask them if why they don't uh, participate or vote. And they look at all these uh, politicians, they're all middle-aged and old people, they don't represent me. And also even in Norway, it's like, I think is uh, less than 15 years ago, I think is 2008, I remember the discussion on the TV, is that's the first time they have uh, uh, parliament members uh, were under age of 30. And then there is a huge debate. He says, why we need uh, all these young people? They don't even know how to wash in their own clothes, do their own laundries. I remember that. So it's, uh, but look at now is, uh, yes. So it's, uh, it's a development. And when we talk in a European level also, is uh, Nordic countries is like so advanced. You have young people in the, as uh, in uh, in the parliament or in the ministry, while in the other yes in the other countries is unthinkable. It's like they have sixties and seventies <laughs> MPs. So so yeah, I think it's a, it's is a change. Not only happening in school is also should the change should happen also outside the schools in the, in the whole societal level. But also, I think it's, it's a good thing. Now we, we try to see how we do it. Then we, because we, we have changed again, yet again, the focus on the young people. Because we realize they are the ones who is driving some of the issues which the adults' population are not worried. So both of you are bringing up a lot of important and interesting topics here. And you're both leading to well-funded research projects that are taking a more integrated and I would say holistic approach to ensuring that we have a education for the future. And one of the challenges that I know a lot of research projects are facing is that when the money runs out, the impact runs out. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts about how we can think beyond the funding for both projects? to ensure that when the money runs out, the impact doesn't stop? Well, uh, I think we need to, uh, uh, at least for uh, the two projects that are uh, Demosit and Bridges uh, that are funded by the Norwegian Research Council, uh, several of us have been working together before, and uh, we need to figure out ways of uh, at least get our results out to uh, teacher educators and to uh, to schools. We need to find ways of, I mean, uh, synergies uh, of our two projects. I think uh, to get those out would uh, uh, strengthen the results of the two projects. Uh, and perhaps uh, that also would make a possibility of, of applying for more funding to do more research. But bottom line is that we need to have some kind of societal uh, impact. And Li Hong, you may have some more uh, uh, comments on uh, uh, societal impact, don't you? Yes. I think uh, with uh, any research project, uh, of course, we were uh, the aim is for the researchers to have the scientific impact because we bring up new findings, new results, and and uh, but our project, uh, Demosit, also also thinking about uh, 
uh, in societal impact and also long-term impact. I think in education, I think nothing more uh, better or than invest in our teachers and teacher education. So any results, our plan is kind of any results. So we, we have the first phase of the research in schools on the young people and all this. We will go into the second phase is reflect all these results with our teachers in practice. And then with our teachers and then, then we were uh, reflection and, uh, and then uh, uh, work with them, a new way of uh, didactic and the new ways of teaching and uh, practice in school. And then we will kind of try, of course, to, to try it out in the teacher education at Oslo Mets. That's the first step. And then I think is any, um, it's uh, invest, uh, in teachers has very many effects like uh, like Heidi has presented the strategy you see the today's teacher educate uh, teacher students will be like in the, in uh, in their lifetime as a teacher they were influence uh, yes thousands uh, generations to come <laughs> and so this is the uh, yeah this is our sort of a little bit long-term impact. But I, but I also think that what we need to ensure is that our uh, results and uh, what, we've, what we think are the most important things to bring forward from both the projects, we need to ensure that those results are getting to our student teachers. Uh, and if we can, if we can do that in some way or another, then it can have some ripple effects. So we can do that through many ways uh, and avenues that we should investigate, but I think that's important. And also, of course, uh, yeah, most important, that is through our student teachers. Yes. At the mm -hmm. same time, I think we also keep in our mind is the old saying is like, you need a village to raise a child. And uh, as, uh, the democratic citizenship is not only a, a kind of uh, done or educated in uh, uh, through school education, and there is a society and the local communities and the other fact actors in the society also play a role. So with uh, with our work, uh, for example, with with the collaboration with the local communities or so, uh, with Demosit, we work with Save the Children Norway and uh, the Bergner Center because they are also doing democratic citizenship education among youth. And, uh, and so this is, uh, we also learn from each other. We could also learn from them, uh, the, the, their way of doing this uh, work and also feedback, we learn mutual learning. That's uh, what we're thinking. Thank you very much, both of you. And with these uh, observations and dreams of ripple effects from our research, I think we need to conclude this podcast for this time. I want to thank you both for participating and for sharing your knowledge and experiences. And also for you, the listener, thank you to you for uh, taking the time to listen to us. And I hope you will 
find our websites and return to our podcasts when we come out with new episodes. Thank you very much. <laughs>